Hey, Tyler. Hello. Hey, you know last week when you were really sad and kind of upset at Ray Donovan? Yes. So it is with great sadness that I start this day with a similar story, except it's in the news. Tom okay. Bergeron, Aaron Andrews are leaving Dancing with the Stars. It's a fucking shame. It's a fucking shame. I'm not going to lie. You really got me there because at first I was like, oh, shit, you finally got around and caught up and now feel the same way as I do. Nope. Totally haven't watched Ray Donovan yet. I'm just really upset about Dancing with the Stars. I I can't even say understandable because I've never gotten into Dancing with the Stars, never watched it, never cared for it. So to <laughs> have uh, Tom and Aaron leave, that doesn't affect me one bit. Yeah, and I figured it wouldn't. Um <laughs> like, I, I, like I figured you wouldn't give a fuck about this one in the slightest. Um, but like I've been watching that show for like probably the last 10 seasons, like religiously, like not just recorded it when it was on TV, but like watching it the same night. Like I got super into that show and the last few years have been not all that good. Like a lot of the guests haven't been good and they've gotten like super political with a bunch of stuff and it kind of started going downhill. And so I actually didn't watch last season and then I've been waiting for it to get good again. And then the other day they were like, yeah, our longtime hosts are, uh, we kidded like skidded them and we're replacing both of them with Tyra Banks. And I was like, Oh, those, what? Two hosts. yeah. So, and those two hosts were the last good thing about that show. They're amazing. And now it's just Tyra Banks. You know, and like I said, I never, I never really watched it, so it's kind of hard for me to comment. But like, one of the reasons I never got into it is for a show called Dancing with the Stars. At least the seasons where I would periodically check in, I didn't really see what I would call a star. Yeah, and that was... like I would probably be like if if all of a sudden they had like Idris Elba and Tom Hardy and Anna Kendrick and. You know, Charlize Theron were like all guests. Like, okay, yeah, I would probably get into and watch it. But like, every time I ever clicked, it's like I would see these people and I'd be like, who in the fuck? Is, like, who is that? I don't know who that is. So, like, their definition of star is pretty loose and it always has been. Like, it, like, yeah, for the most part, like, they get like it's like aging B tier stars or something like that, or like, uh, kind of athletes kind of thing. I think um, B tier is being generous. Yeah, I I think you're probably right too. Um, and like that was all fine because like you would get people like um, like you got one of the like the dad from Dukes of Hazard one year or something like that, and I was like, oh, okay, like cool, like I haven't seen that guy in years, like whatever. And then like these last few seasons, they've just gotten like a bunch of ex politicians. And like oh. flooded it with that. And I was like super not into that because you can imagine what that turned into. Yeah. Something not worth watching. Yeah. And then like Tom Bergeron and Aaron Andrews were just a phenomenal host. Like, I mean, Tom Bergeron's been on forever. He did like America's Funniest Home Videos for like 15 years. You know, he's he's like a staple of the TV industry and they were awesome at hosting. He, and then to just was, like, go ahead. He was post Saget, right? Uh, yes, yes, okay. I believe he was after saying it. Um, and then to just like because viewer numbers have always been going down with the show, and then to just like one day announce 
like that you're just canned like and it wasn't even like the host stepping down it was like literally both of them made an announcement they're like yeah we got noticed that we're not coming back and then like four or five hours later they were like yeah it's tyra banks now i was like fuck this shit wow yeah i was like yeah so i feel like she isn't even like a top tier person anymore like we were tuning through or like flicking through the channels the other day like trying to see what to why we were we watched something and then this show just happened to come on after and it was celebrity watch party have you heard of that no yeah so basically what it is is it's a bunch of quote-unquote celebrities who record themselves with their friends or family watching television and it's their like reactions so like in the and i don't know if it changes every episode the people that they get to watch but like the like one couple like they were both sports cat sports newscasters i'd never heard of them before and then another was tyra banks and her mom and then another one was like raven simone from like disney channels that's so raven oh so and another one done. was Mas- Master P and his his fucking son. So and they were watching an episode of JLo's dance show and just like making comments as they watched it. So it seems like their definition of a star is probably about as loose as Dancing with the Stars was. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, I'd say about as loose as Big Brother's version of what they call Celebrity Big Brother. Yeah. Yeah, fair enough. But but yeah. I, like, I don't know if you watched Celebrity Big Brother the last season that they did it, but like, as far as I was concerned, the only two like real celebrities that were in there was Shannon Elizabeth. I was kind of surprised, although she's been off the radar for quite some time. And then Tom Green, who also hasn't really been mainstream. Yeah, no, I never checked but it But then out. the rest I... of them weren't really celebrities as far as I like. I mean, yeah, they're celebrities, I guess, Yeah, that they've I... done something famous, but... I get what you're saying. Like, and I remember you texting me like you like they're doing a celebrity big brother. And I was like totally down to watch that. And then they announced the celebrity list and I took a gander at it. And I was like, I'm just kind of all of a sudden not into watching that. So yeah, totally fair. I looked at the line, but I was like, that's not what I was expecting in the fucking slightest. Um, So I'm not going to watch that. But well, the one that really got me where I was like, okay, you guys are obviously desperate and like really reaching here is the one guy they had on there was kato kalen and he's not a celebrity like like he's not like a fucking like famous actor or never has been like his claim to fame was he was in the guest house the night oj killed his wife fuck really yeah that and yeah i was like oh my god really that's that's uh yeah that's a little rough yeah so a little bit yeah well but yeah sorry to hear your heart's broken yeah and it's a shame because like i was kind of waiting for it to get good again um and they have like kept trying to do new things over the years to like kind of get more viewers and stuff like that and it just hasn't been working and apparently they think this is the answer and i super don't think it is um, yeah i have I, my my doubts because i think like they're just going to drop even more viewers now because I think what little bit left they had of like the core people that loved that show, Tom Bergeron and like Aaron Andrews and like the judges are like the staple of the show. You know, they're there every year and they're amazing. They're great. So to just like start skidding them now, like your, your core diehards are now just going to be like, yeah, I'm just not super into this anymore because the like few things that it had left. 
that everyone liked. You were just axing, so. Yeah. Well, I don't think it'll help either, but I don't know. Don't don't judge too quickly. I mean, give Tyra a shot. I was when they when they decided they were gonna relaunch whose line is it anyway? They had like they brought back like oh, yeah, yeah. uh Wayne's and like Colin Mockery, Ryan Styles, like all those dudes, yeah. but no Drew Carey. And right. I was like, Well yeah. Drew Carey like Drew Carey was the show. Yeah, well not true. the show, but you know, he was yeah. instrumental in it and I was like, There's no way this is gonna be good. Like Aisha Tyler, like I like her. I mean, I love her in Archer, but I mean, I don't think. It, but I watched it, and I was like, "Okay, I was I was wrong. It's still excellent." Yeah, I I had those same thoughts with whose line is it anyway? Because it was like, a, like get the fuck out! You're bringing Drew Carey back, and then I remember watching it, and I was like, "This is totally solid. Like it's it's totally worth my time." And like, mm-hmm. I'll, I'll still check out Dancing with the Stars when it comes. Like I'll still watch the first few nights and see see how it is. Um, but if they do kind of what they've done the last like few seasons where it's just like, hey, here's like three or four politicians and a bunch of like really like like if they start like doing the same shit they've done, then I might only give it like one or two episodes. But mm-hmm. we'll see. Like, I'll still check it out, but it's just it's disappointing as like a diehard, like someone who's watched like like religiously watched the last like 10 seasons to just see the show like slowly just wither and die and like make decisions yeah. that are totally like I look at it and go like those are decisions that I think none of your audience wants. So like I could be totally wrong on that. Um, but like I look at that and go like I don't think that's what the people watching this show actually want. Um, so. Well, as a fan, as not a routine fan or lifelong watcher, I can't comment on what the people want. You're in a better yeah. position for that than I am. Fair enough. So so yeah, that's my piece on Dancing with the Stars. I was super sad about it. So are you gonna be okay? I'll be fine. <laughs> I'll be fine because thanks to this new story, I can have uh, famous actors read me bedtime stories in an HBO Max series and they'll lull my sadness away. Yeah, I didn't, I haven't looked a whole lot into it, but I like the idea of Oscar Isaac and Idris, 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 Elba, Idris, yeah. Idris. And reading, yeah, reading stories. I find that intriguing. Yeah. I'm more curious about. Like, are they just going to be like child? Like, I mean, it's on HBO Max, right? So, like, are they children's stories or are they going to be like, like um, so it says, actual stories? Uh, so, additional celebrities include Nicole Kidman, Zoe Kravitz, Lucy Liu, Cillian Murphy, and Keanu Reeves. So, okay, that's just a, that's kind of a rock star lineup. Um, and then it says, describes the series. A timely antidote for our modern lives. Each half hour episode takes audiences on an immersive visual journey into another world. Building on the success of calm sleep stories, bedtime stories for grown-ups. So I don't think it's kid stories in the slightest. Okay, see that has me more excited. Yeah. So I yeah, like I'm totally down for this. And this seemed um when I read this, I was like, yeah, totally. Like that seems that seems totally all right having these actors like lull you to sleep and a 20 minute lullaby before you go to bed seems totally all right yeah no kidding do we have an official release date yet um i don't know if we do or not um i don't think so not that i'm seeing well i'm sure it'll still be fantastic nonetheless 
Yeah, and this could be one of those things that could come out fairly quick because like right now, given like the pandemic, a lot of people aren't able to come in and do stuff. But if you can get them to record lines at home, because it's just voices, right? Like I could see this actually maybe coming out sooner than later because that's all yeah. you really need them to do. So I I don't know. It seems like it's maybe in like kind of just starting up. So I don't know if it'll be quick, quick, but I couldn't yeah. imagine this taking long if it's just 20 minute, like well, half hour episodes of uh, yeah. one actor reading a story like that. That won't take long. It shouldn't. But I wonder if like, this is just them trying to cash in, like, because who was it? There was another, there was a celebrity when the pandemic, for pandemic, 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 first, first hit that was reading stories. And then some people were trying to, like, copyright claim him because he was reading them, like, YouTube style. And oh, then right. a few artists like Neil Gaiman came forth and was like, hey, man, you have my full express permission to read any one of my novels, like, on video or out loud for like whoever right it's like i wonder if they're yeah like is this actually an original idea and they're going to be different stories or if it's like oh hey this guy was getting a lot of views so maybe we should just put a budget on this get some advertising dollars and slap it on a network so it says it's building on the record-breaking success of calm sleep stories so i think it's an already like i think it's like some sort of a like an audiobook or a book that's already out. I've I've that, actually it's a that's a podcast if I'm not mistaken. I believe I've checked some of them out. Okay. Like to go to sleep before. Okay. So if that's the case, I'm assuming they're just teaming up with them and are like, "Yo, we're going to do this with famous people voices." And they were like, "Yeah, hand me money. Let's do this." Yeah, easy payday. Yeah, exactly. So I'm assuming that's what it is. Um Yeah, but be yeah. interested to see if they actually like if they're partnering up with them if you actually if like the normal people like who aren't HBO subscribers are going to be able to like go to the com podcast and still get the celebrity like audio versions. Right. So it says it's, I think they're saying it's like an age, like being that it's an HBO max series, I'm betting it is. Um, limited to that, there. But, but they're also saying they're partnering with the makers of calm sleep app. So if they've got an app, you got to think it, it it would be integrated into that. Mm, yeah. And I bet if you look up calm sleep app, it's probably subscription based. Yeah. So maybe that's a thing where they're just like, Hey, the free version doesn't have these actors, but like if you have our subscription, it's on this, or you can just go to HBO max and listen or watch it there. Um, so to assume it were, would work like that. I don't know. Yeah. Contains in-app purchases. Yeah. So or maybe they sell them individually in the in the app or something when it does come out. I could see that too. Yeah, free trial. How much 90 bucks a year. Uh, Interesting. That's like a Netflix subscription. I feel like Yeah, I suppose, but I mean, I don't know how effective it is for a sleep aid. Um like if it really works for you and and you really have like sleep issues, like as someone who has has that and always has, mm-hmm. like if it worked, I could totally pay ninety dollars a year for it. I could totally see that not being like I wouldn't sneeze at that if it actually helped. Um, but who knows? 
But I also feel like that's maybe a little bit much too. Yeah, I uh, I don't know. I don't use it, so again, yeah, not gonna knock it for those who uh, no. who love it, but yeah, not like not seeing what it actually is. I I can't say if that's worth it or not, but mm -hmm. I guess we'll see when it comes out. Yeah, so the next one is I'm super excited because it's another Netflix movie, and I like what Netflix has been doing with their movies. Is a new Russo Brothers movie with Chris Evans and Ryan Gosling. Yeah, I saw this one. Called was... The Gray Man. I yeah. haven't looked into what The Gray Man is. I just know it's some kind of like action spy thriller. Yeah. But I like the Russo Brothers, and I'm yeah. a, I'm a f big fan of Ryan Gosling. Yeah, I was actually like all the way like back to the... the Breaker High days. Yeah, so I was like in the middle of dropping this into the Discord when you beat me to it, because I saw this and I was like, um, "Yeah, I'm totally on board for this." And I think I remember reading somewhere where they were like, "Yeah, it's kind of going to be, um, like similar to the uh, Civil War um, and the what was the other Captain America one? Not Civil War, the one before that. I don't remember what it was called. Yeah, I know what you're talking about, but I can't think of it either. <clears throat> And I really liked um, the one that came out before Civil War. That one was really good. And they said it was kind of be in the vein of that, where it was kind of this spy thriller kind of thing. Yeah, well, I'm reading reports that they're hoping it's it's going to be comparable to, like, James Bond. Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of the... Just, Which I... All yeah. four. All yeah. four with those two. Yeah, especially, uh, like, they're both rock-solid actors. Um, so... I, I really don't see this this going bad, to be honest. Like I I think it's gonna be solid because them Netflix versus each other lately. Yeah. Them versus With each other movies, in the yeah. sounds awesome. They look very I would like, too. Yeah, I'd be curious to see like who's the like if they're both main characters and like if one is like the main main characters like if they decide to do another one from this like novel series or like a follow-up if it's only going to have one or the other yeah you know like if it's going to be kind of in the same vein and they're saying like it's kind of like bond then like who's going to be the new pseudo bond and who's going to be the pseudo bond villain and that's kind of seem seems like maybe what this is is i'm just reading it says we'll tell the story of a deadly cat and mouse uh game is like one assassin is hunted by another agent Mm -hmm. so i'm assuming it's going to be kind of similar to like exactly what you said hey here's here's bond hunting down the bond villain yeah and i don't know if um if like the source material for this is just like a single book or if there's more to it so i don't know if that's i'm only seeing one book but i wouldn't be surprised if they <laughs> decided to like contact you know the author and kind of be like hey well like you don't need to write another novel but like bring him on as like an overseer to kind of continue the story yeah where they're just like hey like you any writer worth the paper they write on is is you know usually got a few ideas kicking around in the attic on you know a sequel to something that's never had a sequel right so like, yeah would just be like hey here's here's your second dump truck full of money give us some plot <laughs> points to work with and we'll just dump this on your front lawn and be on our way. And you yeah, can get a producer credit. So I could pretty much that. how it works. Yeah, that's that's exactly how it works. Um, so, yeah, I could I could totally see that. And I'm totally down for like, I love the spy genre. 
um, and all of that. So I'm totally on board for this, especially with both these guys because they're both rock stars. Like fuck, like Ryan Gosling. Fuck, he's amazing. I haven't really seen him in like a whole lot of like AAA titles as he's really selective. Like mm-hmm. he, and he more so does like not indies, but like not mainstream. Like I think the last thing would it have been La La Land? Um, I think so. The last like I I know that one, but the last one that I can recall like actually watching him in was the one he did with uh, Three Hundred. That dude, Gerard, Dr- not Gerard Butler. Fuck, what's his name? He's Australian. What? They were like, he oh, was a, uh, uh, the nice guys. Yes. With, uh, God, struggling here. Yeah. Oh, and then he was in, um, he was in Blade Runner twenty forty nine. I actually really like that movie. Coming from someone that, like, one hundred percent does not like the first movie. You did not like the original Blade Runner. No, and uh, funny story because like I'd always heard about it, like cult classic thing, and it was playing in one of our local theaters a few years ago. So me and a few buddies went because they hadn't seen it either, and we were like, "Yeah," and like we walked out of it and was like, both of us were like, "Man, we didn't like that in the fucking slightest." Well, you got you got to think of the time frame too. Like at the time when that movie came out, it would have been like a stunner. Yeah. But where we are now in terms of what pe- what what can be accomplished with VFX and whatnot, that it would obviously look like a a pile of trash. Yeah, like like look the looks wise of it actually didn't bother me too much. I just didn't like I just didn't care for it. Um, but then like I super enjoyed the second one, mind you. The uh, the guy who directed the second one is one of my favorite directors. So like as soon as I saw his name attached to it, I was like, I'm gonna watch it. Um, what is his name? Dennis Villeneuve. I believe his name is. That sounds familiar. What else has he done? So he's done all just uh, prisoners with uh, Jake Gyllenhaal, and yeah, that that was a good one. Yeah, Enemy with Jake Gyllenhaal again. Uh, Sicario, Arrival, and then Blade Runner twenty forty nine. I was a big Sicario fan. Both yeah. of those movies, I quite enjoyed. Yeah, like I I I thought Prisoners was really good. I, I really liked Enemy. Uh, Sicario was solid. I, Arrival was one of my favorite movies of uh, the year it came out. And then Blade Runner came out, and I super enjoyed that. So, like, in my mind, the dude's never made a bad movie. So Arrival, that's the alien one, right? Where they're trying to figure out how to talk to him? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I, I was a big, big fan of that movie. Yeah, it was very well done. Quite enjoyed that one as well. Yeah, so I think that's part of the reason why I liked it the second Blade Runners, because I was like, okay, I, I'm pretty, like, I've never not liked anything the guy's done, so it's like, I'm pretty sure I'm not gonna not like this, but. But yeah. Well, all right, then. Give me a spy movie with uh, with those two on board. Yeah, just give me spy movies in general. Yeah, yep, totally. Especially um, the people that made those Captain America movies and told this spy story pretty well. Um, in in the vein of a Captain America thing, like I thought that was really mm-hmm. good. And uh, what makes me super excited about that too is specifically that Captain America movie. The fight choreography was phenomenal. Like anytime Captain America was fighting, like it looked amazing. Like they nailed it. So if they do some awesome like fight choreography and like action set pieces too, like fuck, 
sign me up all day long because that's really all you need to do. Yeah, it'll be a. I I reckon that it'll probably <clears throat> set their new uh, stream record. Probably with uh, you get both those guys as the headliners, and you get the people that made the last like four fucking Marvel like big Marvel movies that are like probably the most like thought after directors in Hollywood right now. If you're looking to make something like this, yeah, you know, like I think it's going to do well fucking like that. It, it's, it, it's a lineup. Like it, it, it's almost going to be really hard to not be good. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, no, for sure. So what's the latest news on the Snyder cut? So, um, his Snyder cut is separate from the whole DC um, extended universe, which I read this and kind of went, what the fuck? Yeah. How does that work out? Yeah. Uh, so this article, he says um, his Justice League is separate from the current DC extended universe and Whedon's cut fits tight, like tighter in the continuity. And like the first thought I read this is like I read this and went, OK, so what the fuck was your original cut then? Like, it, like, what was the the original Justice League if it wasn't like and if you're recutting it in your vision of what you weren't able to do because of, like uh, the shit that happened to him? Yeah, this like I, I'm excited and I'm still and I'm still going to watch it because I'm just genuinely curious, but it just keeps bringing up <clears throat> more questions that I didn't have before then. But now I have so many more questions, right? Like, cause yeah. I mean, he only had like, he didn't even get halfway into filming before he had to oh. step away. Yeah. So he has to use a pretty much all of Whedon stuff and maybe not all of the stuff that Whedon put in the movie, but at the very least stuff that Whedon shot in his directorial style. Yeah. So like, maybe it'll still be like the Snyder cut in the sense, like this is how he envisioned editing the movie, but yeah. then it's still for him to say that it's not really in the current DC extended universe, yeah. but it's the same story and the same characters who are like, I don't even yeah. understand how that works. No, me neither. And like, yeah, like I, I read this and I just went like, what the fuck? Like, cause, cause the thing that totally threw me for a loop is like, what, what the fuck was your original idea then? Like if you would have in a perfect world, if like we'd never stepped in, and you're making that now because that's that's essentially what he's doing then like would that not have been all that into the dc extended universe for the movie that's supposed to tie it all together i, I don't know like it's it's fucking weird yeah i i'm just i'm so absolutely confused as to how this is going to work but i mean yeah. it has me a little bit more excited about it now because for him to make those kind of claims makes me feel like because my biggest fear with getting excited about the snyder cut was that watching it it was going to be oh it's the same justice league movie but with you know like five minutes of not seen before footage and maybe they reorganize some of like the scenes but the scenes are the same yeah but for him to make a claim claim like this i feel like he's including more and like the whole timeline during the film is going to be different but i yeah and like I a part know. of me also looks at this and goes, is this just like some marketing ploys stuff or like, 
because this movie was born out of fucking people tweeting about it like give us the fucking snyder cut like this thing was born out of fans so like is this another like and then because there was that news where he was like oh it's gonna be like a, a three episode thing or something like that because the runtime's so fucking long or something like is this just like trying to create like maybe some buzz around it or is that maybe why or maybe is it the case that this was the only way Warner Brothers was going to let them do it is if they said okay you can do your recap but we're not going to consider this fucking canon at all yeah maybe I wonder if that that actually now that I'm thinking about that I bet that was the case I bet the like everyone wanting to make it and all the actors coming forward being like yeah we totally want to see this cut I bet you like Warner Brothers was like all right fuck fuck Zach okay here's your goddamn cut go make it Put it on HBO Max because we're starting that and we need some stuff for it. Put it on there, but it's not part of the it's not part of the universe. It's it's your own thing and it, it lives on HBO Max because we need subscribers. Like I wonder if that was the case. Yeah, I definitely so part of me is now that you mention it, is thinking that it's part of a let's cash in and fucking drive some revenue yeah. streams this way. Yeah, like I bet I bet Warner Brothers doesn't give a single fuck about this the Snyder cut of this movie and I bet it's they're literally just doing it because so many people asked for it and they're like okay like I'm looking at the the poster that's Zack Snyder's Justice League cut 2021 only on HBO Max like I bet they looked at that and went okay you can make this because everyone wants it but it's only going to be on the streaming platform that we just started and it doesn't tie into anything so that way it doesn't fuck up our plans like i probably now that i'm actually like talking about that out loud and thinking about that i bet that was absolutely the case is warner brothers was like we don't give a fuck about your cut but put it on hbo max so people will shut up and stop tweeting too funny so the last piece of news i just came across this today and that's why i added it last minute Mm -hmm. because i don't know if you read about this but Keanu Reeves is writing his own his own comic book right now. Yeah, like I saw a limited that. a limited run series. Yeah, I saw that. I'm so but not only is he writing it, but there's been some like leaks of some of like the images and like he's writing it and the character is it's, him. Yeah. Yeah, you just toss that image in the Discord and yeah, that that looks fucking rad. I'm not gonna yeah. that looks and, as- as someone who like, has gotten back into reading comics quite a bit lately, I'm totally down for reading a Keanu Reeves comic. Well, not only that, but like Keanu can't do anything wrong in my eyes. He is like the most perfect human being on the planet. Yes. And I'm really hoping, given like the few little like grabs of like cells from within the comic that like look like him and he's the one writing it, I'm hoping that this turns into a fucking a movie. Yeah, you got to think if it does well, that it'll turn into something, whether it's a series or a movie or something. I think regardless of whether it does well, they would be stupid not to turn yeah. it into a series. Yeah, probably. And I bet you Keanu's got enough enough weight, you know, in Hollywood that he could probably shop it around and find someone to make it. I bet, I bet that's not the issue at all. Well, but what makes me excited about it, like if you read like the blurb about what it's about, so it's he's he goes by the name Berserker. He's half mortal, half god, and he's cursed and compelled to violence. 
even at, almost, even at to sacrifice his sanity. So like to hear that, I'm thinking, okay, so this is going to be like just looking at the screen grab too, right? Like it's bloody. He's got a knife or a sword yeah. sticking through his chest, and arrows coming out. So like, I'm hoping this gets made into a movie for the simple fact that I want more of those R-rated, violent comic book turned movies. Yeah, and reading that description, like it sounds very much kind of like God of War, um, especially that most recent um, new game. Like it almost kind of sounds like something like that, but mi- but modern, like not North mythology. So, yeah, I'm I'm down for this. Like it's like you said, I don't think Keanu Reeves can ever do any wrong. No, and given that it's Keanu, if he wants to push this into a R-rated comic book movie, yeah, I think he would be like one of the few people that would have no problem getting this greenlit. No, especially when you look at uh, like the John Wicks, which are very much R-rated, you know, and how well they're doing um, and stuff like that. Like, I bet he's got, I bet, I bet he could easily just go uh, to the studio in the the production house that makes John, the John Wick movies, and it's like, yo, you guys want in on this? And I bet you they go, yeah. <laughs> Interestingly enough, I didn't even notice because I there's been a bunch of different articles, but in the one I'm looking at right now, it says that Netflix currently has a first look deal to develop a TV show based on this comic. I mean, that also doesn't surprise me either. I mean, maybe maybe it works better as a TV show, right? And maybe he just I'm all for it. Maybe he that was the first place he went to because some so many people have been bringing projects to Netflix with these limited series or limited movies that maybe he just was like, yeah, no, that that's the place where I want to give the first deal to because they're willing to put up Mad Bank um, to do these things. You're going to attach Keanu. Everyone loves Keanu. So that's a no brainer. And Netflix isn't afraid to make these gritty R R rated shit. So mm-hmm. I, I totally see. Um, why he that would be a first pick for him and if that's the case then i'm guessing he's maybe if he's already signed like a first look deal i bet the idea when he was like oh i want to start doing this graphic novel thing because maybe he was interested in it and he wanted to do something different i bet you at the same time he was also wanting to turn it into a tv show like if there's already a first look deal out there i bet you it's almost a guarantee that this happens I think Netflix would be foolish to pass on it because they definitely need to find something to fill their void when they lost the rights to their like dark, gritty Marvel series they can't do anymore, right? Like no more yeah. Daredevil, no more Punisher, no more. Yeah, which is a shame because I actually quite liked uh, the Daredevil and Punisher ones. I didn't like any of the other ones, um, but those two I really uh, I didn't. I didn't mind the one with what's her name? Oh, from the girl that was in Breaking Bad. Um, yeah. Kristen Ritter. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't mind the one that she did. I didn't care for the white dude, monk, ninja. No, and that was actually the one I watched the most of, but ended up hating it. And it was because I got roped in by, by an old flame that was like, I'm super into this show. And I was like, I'm super not, but I'm totally going to watch it. So, Iron Fist. That's what it was. Didn't care yes. for Iron Fist, but I did. I did like. I did enjoy the Defenders. So I never watched the Defenders because I didn't watch any of the other ones. So I, when I saw that come out, I was like, okay, I'm only interested in like two of these people that are in this show. So 
That's fair. They did a really good job tying everything in and bringing it all together. That is what I heard, yeah. Yeah, so it it was well done in that regard. It's just Iron Fist was not... Wasn't as good as I'd hoped. No. Has that, uh, the guy that was in Ozark, the brother, and the guy that was in Banshee, the Nazi cop. Mm Mm-hmm. But yeah, that's about all I got for news this week. Yeah, that's all I got. It, like, it was kind of a slower week, but at the same time, like, a few interesting tidbits kind of ended up coming up. Yeah, definitely slower in the news department, but I definitely got a lot of binging done yes. this past week here. Yes, I saw that, and I I did not. So tell me about Palm Springs, because you were talking about the trailer for that last week. Yeah, really good. Okay. Like, really, really good. I'm I'm a big fan of uh, Andy Samberg, and I loved Groundhog Day, and this is kind of in that vein. And I can't remember the actress's name for the life of me, but she's a phenomenal actress as well. So like it was, it was quite enjoyable. It honestly was not as funny as I had hoped. I thought it would be more of a nonstop comedy all the way through, but it was yeah. more on the side of a romantic comedy. Well, yeah, and you would figure that being that it's Samberg and his his writing team. You know, and they kind of, that's kind of their stick is like, it's the nonstop comedy thing. Right. So I could see that. Mm -hmm. Still really, really enjoyable. And JK Simmons has a role in it and I'm a big fan of him. Yeah. I love JK Simmons. Yeah. To see him pop up was like, oh, nice. But it was like, it was like, it wasn't nonstop funny, but it was several, several scenes. Like a large portion of that movie was fucking hilarious. Just like, like, Kind of like rom-com funny, where it's like some laughs here and there. No, funnier than rom-com funny. I'll give it that. Okay. Okay. I did. I did find it funnier than than rom-coms. Okay. I shouldn't say rom-com because it's more like a comedy with drama, right? Because uh, once you once yeah, like once she kind of bears down, it's kind of like like he he plays. He's like he's like a nihilist. Like he's just so grim and glum and all that other stuff, right? So. And you kind of like, they don't explicitly state in the movie how long he's been in a loop. But I just oh, read an article today. Yeah, I because re- he just, you're given the impression he's been in there for a long time. And then I was reading an article today with the writer or the director who was like, oh, I didn't put it in there, but he's actually been in this loop for about 40 years. Which oh, kind of gives even more credence to like why he was acting the way he was. Huh. Interesting. And where is this... Uh... Because this is like a streaming movie. Like, where's this? Where, where can uh, one it, find this? It's it's a Hulu one. So it's okay. it's on Hulu and it's on some other like video on demand services. But okay, it was really good. I quite enjoyed it. Huh. I might have to check that out. I will add it to the list. Mm-hmm. And so yes. What the other thing? So, I... What the, a what the fuck is Marble Olympics? Because I've never heard of this, so I don't know what this is. You're gonna have to explain it's, this to me. It's exactly what it sounds like. Uh, it, it's a whole. It's it's a, just it's a whole bunch of Olympic events done with marbles. Huh. And it and it it's amassed a massive following on YouTube, like over a million subscribers and like hundreds of thousands of views. And the guy who does it, like. He, the production value he's put into this, like, 
everyone in the stands is like a marble and he has several different marble teams kind of like representing marble countries in these events and he does commentary over the whole thing and he doesn't break character at all huh like i'm not gonna oh i'm not gonna lie like i did not think it would be as on the head as olympics with marbles i thought it was gonna be totally something else (laughs) yeah no that's that's exactly what it is and it's garnered so much views that it actually um was featured on last week tonight with john oliver and he loved it so much he actually reached out and started sponsoring some of these fucking events. So like some of the newer events, if you go to the Marble Olympics like YouTube channel and watch some of them, you'll see like little last week tonight with John Oliver logos and stuff. It's it's the most bizarre thing and it's it's not like you could sit down and watch it for hours, but like I was like, I have to see what this is about. And like I sat down and watched like a couple like fifteen minute videos of like different marble esque events just because I was like I couldn't get over that it's a thing. Yeah, it almost sounds like um so like you know when like the AC- ASMR like YouTube videos got big, like it almost kind of seems like it's kind of in the vein of that where like it's like pleasant to watch and it's just like oh that's really well done for what it is and it's just a bunch of marbles rolling in like really satisfying ways or or whatever it is. I could totally see why people would be down for that. Yeah, I like I I think everyone for at least once should go and just check it out because just like kudos to this guy like i said the production value and the effort and like the way he films it and his like voiceover commentary like it's like the guy put in the work like it is well fucking done it's a youtube channel yeah i'm just looking up right now i'm really hoping that he's got like a decent amount of subs yeah he's got like 1.5 million Jelly's Marble Runs? Is that what it is? Uh, Maybe? Yeah. Uh, yes. Because I see Hurdles Marble League 2020 Episode 6. So I'm assuming that's what this is. Yeah, probably. If you look okay. at his, his subscribers, like as of last week when I watched a couple yeah, of them. Like, like 1.2 1. 2 million or something. Good for him. Yeah. Yeah, it's quite quite amazing. YouTube's fucking hard. So good for him for coming up with like a holy like original idea with good production value that is taking off good for him yeah it was pretty spectacular i'm not gonna lie this just gotta subscribe i'm gonna check this out <laughs> it seems like a perfect, I, like i also subscribed yeah it seems like a perfect like okay this has been a really long stressful day and i'm getting home at like six at night i'm just gonna like throw on nine minutes of marbles and a track and field thing that's super well done and just like turn my brain off <laughs> oh that's just it like just wait till you watch it you'll be like wow this like this guy yeah. put in the work. Okay, I'm I'm super down for this. Uh, I I love like offbeat weird shit like that. Like, cause I'm as someone who has like very high stress levels, I'm always looking for something that's like, oh, this is just an awesome like m- like marbles rolling around and going like, oh, this is so cool. I can just like flip a switch in my brain and just go, yeah, this is rad. I totally get why people are liking this. <laughs> yeah, very well done. Kudos so, to that guy. Yeah, no shit. And it's super awesome here that like he got coverage from like John Oliver and stuff like that. Like, because to get a shout out like that, you're you're gonna you're gonna bump in subs overnight, right? Oh yeah, for so, sure. That's awesome to hear that someone actually heard of him and like was actually able to like shout it out, especially with someone like a John Oliver that's got a huge fucking audience. So like that's 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 awesome to hear in a year that is not that awesome 
It's mm-hmm. like hearing like little stuff like this where it's just like that's cool. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah, very akin to like like I I honestly I don't know the backstory, so I don't know if he started it during this pandemic as like, oh, I have free time, let's do something funny and ridiculous. But but very interesting for sure. Kind of reminds me of how John Krasinski started some good news. Right. And then he sold it. Yeah, sold it. And not <laughs> only did he sell it, but he's not even starring it in anymore. Yeah. He just sold the idea of it. So like Yeah. And I remember like reading that going like everyone was like super mad. And I remember like reading that going like good for John Krasinski, like for like totally making his own thing and then just making bank on it. Like I was totally like, I would do yeah like well, people get super mad about that and like i get it because like he made this wholesome thing and then like he sold it but at the same time like hey well, acting's a business <laughs> you gotta make money well <laughs> and i totally understand it from his side right because he's like look we're in a pandemic i can't film so yeah. i might as well do this but like yeah. when restrictions ease he's like i'm gonna have to go back to like doing my job as an actor yeah. so i can't do this yeah every week so i might as well you know make a ton of money off this yeah, let someone some yeah. you know carry the fucking torch. he's smart like that little yeah. like i oh, didn't yeah. i didn't realize until like years after it had been on air that he created lip sync battle mm-hmm. i didn't I mean, know I, that i i knew that one there's um who else is uh really smart like that oh the rock i remember reading and it was a few years ago and it was um it was like a variety, like six page uh, series on and they interviewed uh, The Rock and his agent. And I think the agent was the one that was loosely uh, based on uh, for Ari Gold's character in Entourage. OK, like like he, like he was one of the or he, it might not have been him, but I thought it was. Um, And they, they were talking about how they like just crafted his career to the point where he was just like like dump trucks of money were just lining up to pour into his own, like how they just like crafted his career from like endorsement deals where it's like, okay, every movie he does, he's got to have, you know, this fucking brand wearing and stuff like that. And like how they just crafted it. And then over the next like six years, you just saw Dwayne, the rock Johnson in like seven things a year. Cause the guy just goes from one movie to the next. I remember Please. like you saying like the John Cruz is anything like, like people that are like super smart business wise, like I, it reminded me of the rock just because like how they approached it. They, they approached it as a business and they like buy and crafted it to the point where like, yeah, it's, it's a, it's a machine that just runs and prints money for the rock. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Good for him. But yeah. So yeah, check it out. Marble Olympics, super Marble. entertaining. It's a year old by the way. So. Is it? Okay. So it wouldn't have been pandemic era, but no nonetheless good for that guy yeah fuck yeah that's right as shit yeah and then the other i watched the old guard too the other day oh yes so tell me about that i was happy i was happy with it it's current i think it's officially netflix's like most streamed right now yes opening new content most streams in like 24 hours or whatever their metric they go by is because they don't really release metrics no According to them, it's their like most, most like streamed new thing they've released kind of thing. Yeah, but it was a, it was it was good. Yeah, I had a buddy who said the same thing because um, he texted me. He was like, "Hey, just watch the old guard. That movie was really cool. They should make more of those." And I was like, "Okay, like it's it's like I'm definitely gonna watch it." Um, it's just I, I had a busy week, so I didn't get around to much. Um, yeah, and like it's it's nothing like mind altering or like 
you know, a fresh take or a, it's not changing the game by any means. Like it's pretty cookie cutter and like, yeah, it's in its sense, but yeah, it was, it was dumb fun is what it was. Yeah. And it, it, it kind of uh, reminds me a little bit of how extraction was. Cause extraction was kind of the same as that, where it was just kind of like, Oh, this isn't doing anything new. It's nothing too crazy, but it's like good, well done, dumb fun with a well-known, like a good, well-known actor that nails it. So like, if it's just that with Charlie's there on, fuck sign me up yeah i I quite enjoyed it and the way they like went about like the story and the plot was like i quite enjoyed it and the way it ends like it leaves that door wide open where it's like okay like you have to do another one now right like i didn't want to like i'm I'm hoping based on how well it did they do a follow-up because it's all it's also based on a graphic novel series right but to the point where like i've gone out of my way not to look up Right. what happens next because i want to see it happen on screen yeah and see, like because i did read the articles on how well it um was doing and i bet another one is in the pipeline and i bet the biggest thing that holds up a sequel is is getting charlie Theron back on board because of just how busy busy she is right like i bet you that's the factor that's gonna determine how and when, when and if that gets made right e- yes totally it would but the way that it ended they could honestly do another one without Charlie oh, Theron. Okay, so even better than so. Like it's it's definitely geared where like I'm like one would assume she's coming back. Like it's like she's still an integral part of the story. But if she was kind of holding up production or decided she didn't want to do another one, they could do the next part without her. Okay, hmm. good to know. Yeah, definitely some flexibility there. So for the most part, just like kind of solid action flick is kind of what I'm hearing. Yeah, pretty much. Definitely, definitely worth a, worth a watch. Nothing game changing. Like I wouldn't like rush, so rush to see it. But like it was it was a good time. No, but this also seems like kind of like where I would put it in the same as extraction where it's like, hey, it's Friday night. I'm starting a long weekend. I'm going to order this pizza and open the six pack of beers and watch the old guard. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. So what like what's the premise of the old guard like like is so there the premise like is there a quick TLDR or is it one of those things that is going to have to No get- yeah so base so basically it's like people are born or not born but end up inheriting basically immortality. They can still feel pain but they can't die. Oh so and like that you can streams sh- about right from what I saw in the trailer. Yeah, so Charlize Theron is is technically the oldest of them now, and they kind of explain, like, you get this immortality, but it's not, like, true immortality. Like, everyone who inherits this ability, let's call it, they um, eventually have an expiry date. So, like, the older you get, eventually one day you're just going to not heal, and you go back to being a mortal person, so you can die you can get injured and you can't automatically heal and stuff and like they kind of make make you believe that the way it goes is it's kind of based on an age thing okay interesting. but but you don't really it's not like a set age like after a thousand years it's up it's like okay maybe it's three thousand years for this guy and maybe it's only 500 years for this guy huh so like the whole premise is is like Charlie Theron is like super old, like been around for thousands of years. They never explicitly state exactly how old she is, but her and some of these other people found each other and they're all hundreds and hundreds of years old, like at least a thousand, I think the most of them are. And eventually someone else gains this immortality and when they get it, 
everyone who already has it starts dreaming about them. Oh. Like, it kind of, like, links them. So they're, like, connected Weird. through their dreams until they actually meet in real life. And when they meet in real life, then they don't dream about each other anymore. But that's kind of, like, how oh. they find each other. Oh, that's a, that's actually kind of a really interesting take on that. Yeah, so, like, huh. they kind of get screwed over at the beginning because someone has decided, like, figured out this group of people is immortal and wants to, like, harvest their genetics and, you know turn it into a marketable product right get rich off of it if they can unlock the secrets to immortality where you constantly heal and you don't really age and all that other shit so like Charlize Theron and her team kind of get fucked over and after a long because she's super old long running history of doing all these amazing things in the world she's kind of like look at the way the world is now it doesn't it doesn't seem like anything we could possibly do would make the world a better place so she becomes kind of spoiled on the idea and doesn't really care about doing anything for anyone and then this immortality gets passed on to this new young girl who's a navy seal right who gets killed in action in afghanistan and gets this immortality and recovers so then they go out looking for her and then it's just kind of a like finding inner peace and like do what we do when we use this immortality for good, do we actually make a difference in the world or is everything we do for nothing because the world's a shit place and it's going to be a shit place forever anyways? Right. Kind of like that. Okay. Huh. Yeah. I'm down to check this out because it, it seems like exactly like what extraction was where it's like, I'll come home one day and just be like, I'm in the mood for some dumbass action. And it mm-hmm. sounds like there's maybe some interesting kind of lore stuff with it too, um, which I'm totally on board with, so maybe it's a little bit more than that. Um, but at its core, if it's just an awesome action movie and it's got some cool lore, even better. So, yeah, it was it was a good time, and I'm hoping like they go into more depth and explain more because you get little bits and pieces as you go through where you kind of can guess where she's been, what she's done, and then like at the end you get a little bit more information, but you nothing's cut and dry, right? But I, it was quite enjoyable. The <laughs> girlfriend and I both watched it, and we both enjoyed it. There you go. Hey, it got the girlfriend stamp of approval. That's probably like half the battle. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it certainly is. <laughs> and then after that, I managed to burn through the entire second season of Hannah, and I couldn't have been happier with it. Okay, so I've I've never watched Hannah, so I can't really it's, speak to it. But it's so good. It okay. is genuinely so good. I like I and know like, the premise of it and and all of that. I, but I've just never gotten around to, to booting it up. I I highly recommend it. Like it's <clears throat> like part of like that group of shows that is like giving me hope for the the direction that Amazon is taking their their original series. Like the second season I got right into and I binged it in a very short period of time and the second season came out and I finished it in two days. So if you had, so is it, um, like how does the second season compare to the first season? Like is it on par? Is it not as good as the first season? I think it was better than the first season. Oh, really? Oh, wow. Yeah, just because the first season really is like, you know, that character development, right? Explaining her, her situation, what's happening and then her trying to figure out you know her role in the world because you know like if if you understand the premise she kind of doesn't want to be in the situation she's at and her her pseudo father is trying to protect her but she doesn't see it that way she sees it as 
you know, being locked away in a secret and kept away and not being able to live her life. So it's kind of her exploring herself and like, you know, kind of getting out on this... her own kind of thing. Yeah. And then everything kind of comes for full circle at the end of the first season where she kind of realizes like, okay, this is what my purpose is. And then the second season, it's like her being her where she's like, I know what I have to do and I know what I need to do in this world and I'm going to do it. And like, she's fully aware and like not as naive and, you know, like you watch those movies where someone does something and you're like yelling at the screen, like, no, don't do that. What you're being stupid. Stop. Yeah. It's the old, um, Oh, what was it? Uh, it's an old Roger Ebert quote and he made an acronym for it because it's like the horror movies and it's like, I forget mm-hmm. what it was, but it was like something along the lines of like actions only dumb people would do that are only, that only exist because they're in movies or something like that. And he liked the yeah. acronym for it and he would always call it out because it was like, and it reminds me of, this is way off to- topic, but I think it was, I saw like a car insurance commercial or something like that. And it, they were doing a spoof on like uh, the horror genre. And they were like, why don't we run to that payphone over there that's like glowing and like someone walked away from using the payphone. And then like someone in the group's just like, why don't we run into that shed full of saws instead? And then like, mm-hmm. they're just like, that's totally the better idea. And you see them like flock towards that. <laughs> yeah. So there was, there was definitely a lot of that stuff in the first one. But like, yeah. but that's because like you're the viewer, so you like you understand what her father's trying to do, but you're not in her sh- like. But you can understand like in her shoes why she wouldn't see it that way. Right. But like you still kind of like no stop stop. But so they, they anyway, do it comes kind of mirroring, getting both perspectives, I guess. Yeah. Okay. So the second season, in my opinion, like the first season was amazing, like not to take anything away from the first season, but the second season definitely built on it and it was like better and improved. And now you knew the backstory and, you know, where her head was at, so to speak. So like things made more sense. And then, like you said, you like those spy kind of, so it's very spy, mystery spy, CIA is involved, this and that. So like it has that element to it and just very, very well choreographed fight scenes and stuff like that. And just all around a plus I'm a, I love it. And it's just heartbreaking that now I'm going to have to wait at least another year before I get the third season. Yeah. And you've, you've talked about Hannah before and like, I was intrigued when you first talked, talked about it. And now you are kind of talking about the second season has me maybe going to be bumping it up on the list um, for a new series to, to start watching because it it definitely sounds right up my alley um so you kind of praising the second season has kind of got me on board so do they set it up uh, like for like a third season like all that jazz oh yeah definitely okay i'd be heartbroken if they if amazon's like yeah we're gonna cut it i'd be like you motherfuckers they don't because the way that like, they don't seem like that. I mean, they they don't seem like Netflix, where Netflix scraps everything after three seasons, four seasons max. No, like I think but, the, the last thing I heard that Amazon is not doing anymore is Bosch. But I I want to say that wasn't because it was maybe doing bad. I want to say that was maybe it was just the Bosch just story finished done. its run. Yeah. yeah. So. Yeah, huh. no, it's definitely the way they ended it. It's like, yep, I'm excited for season three because I want to see how they're going to pull this off. Like, not how they're going to pull off a third season, but like the story itself. Like, I want to see what these, how these characters are going to do what they intend to do at the end of the season. Right. Hmm. 
Yeah, I'm definitely going to bump it up on the list because you had me intrigued talking about that first season, like I said, and all this hype on the second season. Like, I'm totally on board for that. So, yeah, I loved it. And that's what led me to watch Upload, actually, is I saw a trailer for it. Okay, yep. While watching Hannah, because it's another, it's a new Amazon original. I watched Upload. Yep. Did you? Yep. Oh, yeah. I want to see the whole season. Yeah, I want to say we, I talked about it one season, one episode. Oh, did you? Right. I'm, I'm, I'm three episodes deep so far, and I'm digging okay. it. I personally like. It reminds me very much of what was that Netflix one with uh, Kristen Bell? Oh. You loved it, The Good Life. Oh, The Good Place. Yeah, yeah. Good Place. Yeah, yeah. It, it kind of reminded I, me of that, but I find this one more entertaining. Yeah. See, and I, I probably wouldn't like. I think. The good place is like a very special place in my heart. I love that show. Um, but I, I thoroughly enjoyed upload like for what it like. I thought some of the one liners were really good and stuff like that. Like I thought it was like for what it for what it is like. I don't think it's anything amazing. Um, no, it's, it's, it's a totally serviceable like 45 minute eight episode comedy. Yeah, and I like their like unique take and I like their little goofs on companies like when they yeah. We're talking about like downloading that guy back into a body and it was sponsored by Oscar Meyer Intel. Yeah, that's right. Like the little the little shit like that, like I find absolutely hilarious. Yeah, um, like a lot of their one liners, I thought, like came out of nowhere and I totally didn't expect them. And I ended up laughing my ass on them. Like uh, what was one that just had me like falling out of my chair? Oh, was when um, the the kid, the like eight year old that's tri- that his parents put him in the upload. But they won't upgrade his body to a to an adult, even though he's like twenty nine, because they just want to keep him that way. And he's trying to like talk with his best friend or something like that. And his best friend is like twenty three or something like that. And one of the agents is like, like, why aren't you spending time like with your friend or whatever? He's like, because he's seven. Like, I don't want to catch Pokemon. I want to catch pussy. And he just like, yes. Out. And I was like, I just, it came out of nowhere. And I was like, that's fuck. Like, <laughs> it had me busting the gut because I was like, holy shit. <laughs> that was that. That was episode two. I just watched that like an hour and a half ago. Yeah, yeah. So like, some of the one liners like that way is just like fuck. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm I'm enjoying it. it's it's again it's nothing to write home about it i don't think it's going to win any awards but i like the take and i find it humorous so like it's a good little show to just veg out and watch yeah exactly i think that's like if you're if you're asking yourself why should i watch upload it's because it's a totally serviceable fucking 40 minute comedy that's got like eight or ten episodes or whatever the fuck it is like it's Mm -hmm. it's it's nothing special but it is a totally serviceable good at what it does comedy that I mean, you'll you'll know probably after the first episode or two if the humor's for you, and if the humor's for you, stick with it because it's more that. If it's not up your alley, then I mean, it's not up your alley. But yeah, but no, I. But also, but yeah. So you enjoyed it, eh? Yeah, I I actually had a pretty good time. Like very similar thoughts to you, kind of like, um, kind of the after I watched the first episode because the first episode isn't almost representative of, of the season because the first episode is a lot of backstory filler like okay what is this upload shit what is all this and setting up kind of what where the story's gonna go and then like it kind of really gets into the comedy i think in episode two like when he's in there um and yeah i i thought it was totally fine like i very much kind of how you're feeling now is kind of how i felt at the end of it where it was like this is a totally decent comedy with some fairly smart 
um, writing jokes and it, 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 it hit for me um, more often than it didn't. So yeah. yeah, well, I'm enjoying it so far. I'll probably have the rest of that season done by the by the next episode here, so I'll let you know how I thought of how the season ended, but I'm enjoying it so far. Yeah, but and it's... Spe- Sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead. Uh, I was going to say, and it also like seems like they, they're totally setting up upload um, for like doing more of it, so I don't know if it's been confirmed or not, but... Mm-hmm. So I see you wanted to talk about this, and I want to bring this one up first okay before we before we talk about the way back is the sinner okay because i just i just started watching it uh the first season yes with jessica biel yes i i've i've only made it through one episode so far because i literally just started it today okay okay but i'm in but i'm intrigued okay i want to know what's up with this weird little fucking kid oh yeah or am weird, I thinking wait, of a di- I'm... weird kid? Are you are you doing the mistake? Okay, so th- this happened to a buddy of mine. He went to go watch The Sinner, and Netflix started season two instead of season one. Oh, really? And season two has a kid, and I'm trying to think. I was like, I don't remember a kid in season two. Well, then let me just check because I'm pretty sure I started watching it on Netflix. Yep, son of a bitch, didn't even realize that. So that I don't know what is happening in Netflix, but that happened to a buddy of mine because it was like I was explaining to him. I was like, I, I love the first season. I think the first season is the best. I was like, I think the second season is totally good, but not on par with the first. And he was like down to check it out. And then he watched it and he was like texting me. And I was like, oh, dude, like he was like halfway through the season. And he was like, I'm not into this. And I was like, oh, dude, you're watching the second season. <laughs> Which how did I can't believe I didn't realize that it's a good thing you said that because, yes, I finish the first episode of season two so here's here is also the nice part about it is like the seasons really don't link together like they're kind of they're kind of independent of each other but i would recommend starting with the first season well i'm definitely going to go back and watch the first season now before because i was like oh benny was talking about this i'll I'll check it out i was trying to think of something to put on while i was at the gym Mm -hmm. i was like oh yeah the center so i clicked it and i just i assumed if I, I don't know like i that's really messed up that netflix would only have season two because i looked for it on amazon first because i knew i saw it somewhere and amazon only has season three but only if you're a stack subscriber so netflix actually doesn't have the first season no it oh, starts in oh. season two on netflix i yeah i don't i don't fucking know because i started oh, no, no, from no. The be- it, it does have it it's the weird things so it's labeled by people so if you go under the season, click the Cora one. So it does. Well, how did I end up? Because I just I Google. I, well, I went Probably. into Netflix and it, I I've... searched the Sinner, and it went okay. Play the first episode. So I did, but it obviously played. It. it I think it defaults to what's most recent, and I believe because each season is independent of each other. So like the only thing that carries over seasons wise is Bill Pullman. Other than that, it's a new story. Ah, okay. Yeah, I see that now. They don't have it listed as season one and two. They have it listed as Cora and Julian. Yeah, so it's cases basically, and the cases aren't tied together. And the only thing that gotcha. comes from one season to another is Bill Pullman. So, yeah, I would say like you could totally keep watching uh, the season you're on. Um, 
Or you could well, totally I feel like I need to get Bill's like backstory and shit like that. There's a handful of backstory on him, but at the same time I like that wasn't my favorite part of that first season. But I also think just this the general story of the first season is better. Well, so. I'm gonna go back and what but I'm gonna have to do it fast because I wanna know what's up with this demented little kid. Yes, okay. Because when you first said that, I was like, uh, what fucking kid? I don't remember a kid in season one. Yep, nope. He's the kid in season two who right off the hop poisons both his fucking parents and just uh, watches yes. them die. Yes, that's right. So I'm like, what is going And then when he has like his little interview with the fucking police yes. and then he starts like grunting and groaning as if he's mm-hmm. some kind of demon and he's like, oh yeah, shadow Julian over. I'm like, what yeah. the fuck am I watching? Yeah, yep. So that's kind of... um as that kind of leads into my thoughts on season three, which I won't, I won't talk too spoiler heavy about being that you're, you're maybe watching the series. Um, but that was kind of what I loved about the first and second season is like the first episode was like, here's this case. And it was like very much like, here's this weird fucking thing that happens. And you're just like, what the fuck? I kind of want to know like wh- why, like why is this kid poisoning his parents? Like what the fuck? Right. Mm hmm. And the first season is very much kind of the same thing of that, just a totally different, um, like narrative uh, wise. And the third season kind of got away from that a little bit, and I I wasn't really a fan of it. No, like I get I get the story they were trying to do in the third season, and I I get w- like the story they were trying to tell about the case. And I think they did it like competent and fine enough, but I just don't think I cared about that story. Not to say like someone could have a totally like watch it and be like, oh, I, that story totally resonated with me. I think it was just a thing where I like looked at it and was like, I'm just not interested in that. Right. Not to say that it's bad. Like, I don't want to shit on it because I, I yeah. think it's well done. But I think it's just it was a case of like because it's these new cases each season and like these kind of new narrative kind of stories for each of these cases and why these cases are happening each season and because they don't tie together you can do that each season like oh we really have an idea for this type of thing like some you know fucked up six-year-old that poisoned his parents right you know they they can do that and i think they had an idea for this third season and like at least for me it just i was like okay i'm just actually like i'm not interested in that um like there was parts of it i really liked um like matt boomer is in it and I, I think he's really good. Um, and Bill Pullman is Bill Pullman. Um, mm-hmm. He's great. Um, but I won't go into like a lot of the story details if you end up watching it. But um, like it was still fine. Like I still enjoyed my time with it. I just it, the story didn't resonate with me like it did for the first two seasons. And I think that was it was an, a, a me issue and not the show issue. Right. Like it wasn't because yeah. it was bad. It was just like I was like, I'm not interested in this. I I recognize that it was done well, like enough for what it is. Um, but it's just not something I was super interested in. So uh, is it a supernatural show? No. Okay. No. No. Nope. Because I've been looking for us uh, like, I don't know. Did you ever watch Outcast? No. 
and I remember hearing like decent things, but I want to say it got canceled fairly quick, so I never got into. Yeah, it. it finally like the first season was all character build up and shit, and it's all about like demon possession and this like one guy who has the ability to kind of like repel them, but yeah. it's like tortured him, so these demons are constantly trying to come back and like fuck him over. Yeah, and like it, the first season's slow, but then the second season shit starts picking up, and you're like, yeah. oh, this is getting good, and then. I was like, it ends on a good note, and I'm like, oh, fuck, I can't wait for season three, and then, yep, axed. I was like, god damn it. I was super interested in in the idea, because it was like, okay, like a shorter, tight-knit, like, kind of grim, like, kind of grim HBO, like, Supernatural. Fuck yes, I'm yep, because I I still haven't finished Supernatural, um, just because I fell off. Oh, god, I can't remember how many seasons ago, but it was just doing some shit that I was like, okay, I need to be in, like, I very much need to be in a specific mood to watch Supernatural now um yeah you need to get back into there because like i'm all caught up i'm just like waiting for them to finish this final season here yeah and that's like i've been meaning to queue it up um because i know like i know it's finally ending now so i'm gonna watch it because i i was a huge fan of that for like a a good long time and then i i kind of had a love-hate relationship where i was like okay i'm I'm super kind of tired of this formula and kind of how they were doing it and then a few plot points where they brought back like everyone they had killed off in the entire show. And I was like, man, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah. Everybody who's ever died in that show has come back with the exception of Crowley. Yeah. And I was just like, what the fuck? And like, he'll probably come back. Like it got to the point where I was like, okay, like nothing matters. Um, and it got to a point where I was like, I got to be in the mood to watch uh, those two main guys, which I think they're solid. Like I, that's why that show is so good. So I just kind of got to be in the mood to watch that and then just kind of put like my critical brain to the side and kind of treat it like the CW show where I'm just like, I'm going to watch this and have a good time. Mm-hmm. So. So, yeah. Well, so that's, that's my thoughts on the episode one of season two of the center that I've seen so far. <laughs> and now you're going to go back and watch season one. Yeah. So yeah, and that's kind of my thoughts on season three. Like, I think it's it's a totally competent third season. Um, I, like, I, I'm super curious where they're where they're gonna go with the fourth season because they're doing this whole thing where ne- like none of the seasons die together. So even though I didn't enjoy this third season as much as I did the other two, like the fourth season can totally redeem it. Um, one of my big so- gripes that I don't that I hope they don't come back and this isn't this isn't uh, really spoilery is they did a backstory plot point like two seasons in a row with Bill Pullman where they kind of did the same thing um, with his character and like um, kind of a backstory wise and they did it like two times in a row and when it happened this season I was kind of like okay you did that last season and you did this exact same thing with just a different character last season even though it's not a big plot point but I like looked at it and went like okay like you're just doing the same thing so i wasn't into that so i kind of hope if they do some more backstory threads on him to branch it out and not just do the same thing so what i'm hearing is this is pretty much a carbon case of hbo's the wire where every season just gets worse um i they definitely like i definitely think the first season is the best the season two isn't as good as the first season, but I think season two is still totally fine. And then like season three for me didn't do it. So yeah, but mind you, so, you're yeah. talking to, to a guy that like, I, I don't think that's the case with the wire at all. Um, 
And that but, that's totally fine. Everyone's allowed to be wrong. Yes. Um. But yeah, like I like I think if you talk about the center season quality, like the first season is is I thought was really good for what it was. Second season, I was totally on board. I was totally interested in it. Um, but it wasn't the quality that the first season was. And then the third season just didn't do it for me. Um, but there were still enjoyable parts in it, um, like the acting wise and stuff like that. Like that was all solid in the third season. It was just that the core narrative story didn't resonate with me. So I wasn't interested in it, but. Fair is fair. Yeah. So you, you finally sat down and watched way back. Yeah. Yeah. The Ben Affleck uh, sports movie. And I I want to see it, but like I don't know, man. Like it just seems too sappy and drama for me. As much as I love Affleck, I I don't know. It's like something that I kind of want to see, but it's it's nowhere near a priority. Yeah, and like and neither it was for me. It just happened to like I popped open my Plex server and it was like, hey, why don't you watch The Way Back? And I was like, sure. Um, so at that at that movie's core, it is a generic sports movie. Um, but where it differentiates is like the core story is this generic kind of basketball story, but also at the same time, it really skirts the line with kind of being a character study of Ben Affleck's character and like his struggle with alcoholism. Okay. And that's actually, I really dug that part because, um, the first act of that movie doesn't really even have basketball in it. Um, it's like setting up um ben affleck's character is this struggling guy that's just super fucked up and and addicted to alcohol and going through that and i was like super on board i was like okay like i'm i'm really into this and then the second act it kind of gets into okay he's coaching the 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 basketball team and it kind of turns into that generic coach teaching the shitty team and trying to win the championship right okay so i got a question for you yep does it actually have like a plot, like a beginning, a middle, and an end? Or is it in the same vein as his fucking brother's movie, Manchester by the Sea, where like it's like, yeah, he's fucked up, but like there's no, you know, um, story arc per se? Yeah, I don't know that there. You could argue that there, the story arc is his redemption. Um, and him beating his struggle with alcohol. Um, Cause they do kind of tie that up. So it's, it's not a pointless story. Like it, Manchester by the sea. Don't get me wrong. Was like, I understand like the praise and awards and shit like that. But to me, it was a pointless story. Like, you know, like it didn't like present a problem and then have him working towards the problem and then have a solution. Like the whole thing. Yeah. And you and, know what I mean? Like those yeah, kind of movies, but like, I, I would totally differ with Manchester by the sea. Cause I, I consider that just like a character study. Um, I think it's great. Um, but yeah, yeah like I, I would, didn't, I didn't hate it, but like yeah, it yeah. was pointless. It was like Ad Astra, like nothing really made a difference in the, for the movie or the outcome. Yeah. Fair enough. Um, no, this one, like it's got, and see, that's kind of one of my issues uh, with it is like how they edit, tried to tie these two stories together. Like they didn't do it as cohesive as I would have liked. Um, so like the first act starts off and it's him kind of doing this. He's struggling with the alcohol. They're going down that, that branch. And then he kind of ends up getting a call from his old high school. And they're like, Hey, we need a coach for this basketball team or whatever like that. 
so he he kind of accepts and he goes and does that and that's kind of his like okay he's he's not really like that's his new alcohol right he's he's getting super into that and does really good with that and then the third act is kind of like him falling off the train again and getting super fucked up again and then losing that job and then that's kind of where they end it um but then they end it like they almost end it open-ended when it shouldn't be um yeah, it's weird. So like I mean, I, they leave it open ended. Well, like open ended isn't like they didn't end whatever story they like I I don't know what story they were trying to tell, whether they were trying whether the whole point of that movie was having Ben Affleck struggle with his addiction or if it was just a a, a story about a guy that coaches the basketball team that wins. Because the the end of the movie is he gets fired because he relapses and the, the team wins and they're like, they, they only want it because of him. And they're like, we got to do this because of the coach. It's not with us anymore. And then the movie kind of ends with him like bouncing a basketball in an empty parking lot, almost kind of alluding to like, he's found his sobriety, but they don't really say that. And then they just ah. kind of hit, hit the credits and it like, I was kind of like, okay, like your typical sports movie would have tied it back that somehow he would have came back and coached the last game, but they totally didn't do that. They made it. They just were like, no, it's, he's not going to do that. So he's like listening to it on the radio. Um, so I feel like, like that's kind of where it fell apart uh, for me a little bit. Um, is cause like I was, I just, I was like, I don't know what you're trying to do here and you're not doing it well enough to tie both of them in together and kind of give me a clear narrative ending. Like I, I get if you want to do the open ended thing, but you didn't do it well enough up until that point to warrant that ending. Right. Like you're not inception. Um, so yeah, I, I get what you're saying now. Um, and, but like overall, like it was a totally serviceable movie. Like I think his performance was really good. Um, like he was a really good, his performance was super solid um and all of that and i think the the kind of generic sports stuff i mean if you're if you're into that i it's it's got that um which is fine like i'm not i'm not a big sports guy um some like they're fine they're fine stories um they did that part of it well enough um yeah like it was kind of like i don't think there's anything special about it um but it's a totally solid watch. Um, like I think it was a few weeks back. What did I talk about the uh, Moneyball one? So like I, yeah. I don't, I don't think it's near the caliber of a Moneyball. Um, but I think it's also totally a total fine movie to watch. You know, it's not a super long runtime. I think it's like an hour forty-five or an hour fifty. Uh, so it's not like a this super long thing. Um, and like most of what it does, it does it well enough um it's just some i think some stuff kind of falls apart like they almost tried to do too much like that movie almost needed an extra 20 minutes um and it's like they didn't get it um but but yeah totally fine ben affleck is great he's it's one of the better ben affleck performances i've seen um he's totally great in it um yeah well ben affleck's just a champ yeah exactly um so yeah like that's kind of my thoughts on the way back like totally fine um but i think it was just it's 
biggest problem was trying to tie these, whether it wanted to be this, um, a movie about this dude struggling uh, with this addiction, or if it just wanted to be a sports movie. And I think they tried to do both, but I don't think they did it well enough to, to make them cohesive into one, right? Mm, yeah, where it tried to do too much and then therefore kind of ruined both elements. Yeah, and it's like, I think both elements are still fine. Um, but I think... Yeah, I, I shouldn't yeah. say ruined, I guess. Yeah. But like, yeah, it tries to be this movie and this movie, and maybe yeah. it should have just put a little bit more focus on one or the other. Yeah, and that's kind of what I mean. Like, I like I think that movie almost needs to be like an extra 15 or 20 minutes long uh, where they could have maybe tied up um, that like one of those two stories a little bit better or tied them both in kind of together a little bit. Like if it had that maybe extra time, maybe they could have done that. I don't know. Um, do you think they wanted to do that? I don't know. I don't know. That's just like when I look at it, I just like it ended and I kind of went, Oh, I, I told like, I, totally thought there was like another 20 minutes left like i was like oh okay it's done okay um like it, it like it didn't like it, it felt like the ending but at the same time like i was like oh this totally could have been a little bit more and i would have been all right with that um whether that's the case if they wanted to do that and they they weren't able to for whatever reason i don't know maybe that's just my what i'm get, getting out of it yeah, I find those movies frustrating where, like, all of a sudden it ends and you're like, wait, what? Yeah, it just drives me nuts. Like, they they prep it all up and you're watching the movie and then it just, like, cuts off and ends and you're kind of like, well, what the fuck? Like, how did this, how did, why did this end here? Like, I feel like there should be more time or, like, missing stuff and then you don't get that closure that you need or that you want, right? It just kind of, it just ends and you're just left there scratching your head and for no apparent reason. Like, it's different in like inception where you're like oh you're leaving me on a cliffhanger but i hate it when the movies just kind of abruptly end and you're like you didn't need to do that and now i just have more questions that i feel need to be answered it's not a suspenseful ending it's an infuriating one yeah and i don't think like i don't think it's it's that um like that big of an abrupt ending like it doesn't just like roll to credits it's just when it kind of came to where the end of that movie was, I looked at it and kind of went, okay, like this is gearing up to ending it. And then where they ended it, like it wasn't this like super abrupt ending, but at the same time, like as it was playing out the last like 30 seconds or a minute, I was just thinking to myself, I was like, this could totally go on for another like 15 or 20 minutes and maybe tie up my issues with the two different arcs and how they did it so like it it wasn't this like big abrupt end but it was mm. just like like it just like to me at least it could have used a little bit more time like it wasn't like boom it ends and it was credits it was like they had like a nice little minute and a half like monologue with a song playing as he's in this basketball court and that's where they ended but at the same time like it ended and i was like that's totally like it totally could have been another 15 or 20 minutes and they co totally could have maybe tied these two stories that they really kind of cohesively didn't do a great job of kind of tying together. Like they could have maybe just had an extra 10 minutes, like trying to do that. But at the same time, when I think about that third act, the third act is like kind of the weaker act of that okay. movie. Um, yeah. so yeah, like it wasn't this super abrupt end, but it was just, I looked at it and went, okay, oh, you, 
it might have been a little bit better if they had an extra 10 or 15, 20 minutes to like kind of tie both of these two together a little bit more yeah. versus like just kind of leaving it. And I just had that feeling like, okay, you did both these stories well enough, but you didn't do them both good enough the, that when you tried to tie them both together, it worked because when it ended, I felt like both of those storylines were open ended enough that they didn't need to be like, they're not stories yeah. that should be open ended. Right. Yeah. In, independently, they were both good stories, but yeah. together it kind of made it a bit of a mess. Yeah. Because they didn't like, and they didn't tie them together. Like they tied them together well enough, but not good enough to the point where like, you can leave them both open-ended like because the one story is a generic core sports movie like that one gets tied up fairly well the team wins spoiler every sports movie ever but like the kind of backdrop of like the whole movie of like oh the sports team is the reason he's like getting out of this addiction and stuff like that like they kind of tie it into that as much as they can but like at the same time like they don't give it a clear cut like this is he's found his meaning in life and given it up like it just kind of shows him standing in a basketball court hearing his, that his team won and you're and this is like 20 minutes after he just like kind of fell off the rails again and got like super fucked up so it's like is this a story about him just going he's going to relapse in a few weeks because he's 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 not coaching the team or is this a story of him trying to find his peace and they didn't really answer yeah. either of those questions it could could go either way kind of thing i feel like if we were to dive into like actual human behavior to fall off the wagon get kicked off the team and then to like be in the court dribbling a basketball by yourself and hearing your team won that would bring you like great happiness but i feel like i, I feel like that would be enough like from a real human real world yeah, perspective to drive sure. him back off the fucking wagon yeah exactly like it's it's totally that and and it just it seemed weird, like because I felt there was like a little bit more you could have told about that, especially because it doesn't. Well, and maybe, the... Go ahead. Sorry. Well, and maybe that was the target there where like given the situation, they're like you as the viewer, you get to decide like, did this bring him the inner peace where he was like, yeah, no, that was a mistake. I'm staying yeah. sober this time round. Yeah. Or maybe as the viewer, you're like, nope, that actually hurt him emotionally oh, yeah. even more and drove him off the wagon. And it's really up to you to decide how the story ends. Actually, I didn't think about it that way until you just brought that up. Like, is it like, is this the way back for him? I guess my shitty pun into the title, but yeah, yeah kind of like a choose instead of like choose your own adventure. It's a choose your own ending. If you want to believe the best and have faith in humanity, then everything came full circle and he's clean and sober now. But maybe if you're a little bit on the pessimist side, pessimist side, you're like, nope, this was mentally damaging for him. And he is now like drowning in his own vomit, laying on his side in his basement. Huh? I actually didn't think of it about it that way. I know that you're kind of saying that I, almost kind of have a little bit of a different view on that ending not like substantially but like i'm also kind of like hmm, yeah i never even totally thought yeah, about really di- it that way but i could i totally yeah, a little, that. Little different view yeah i mean if that's if that's the way they they envisioned it going and now that you're kind of saying that i'm almost thinking that's probably how they ended up how they kind of wanted it to go um i could totally see that yeah, I personally it, it, i like my shit cut and dry i want to know how a lot of things end but i get it because it it actually is more like inception i guess than we originally thought because inception is kind of like that too where at the end it's like 
you can decide like if you want to believe that he actually escaped and he reunited with his family then like that's the optimistic point of view and you know you can yeah. believe that wholeheartedly yeah. but if you you know kind of take negative from it or you want to look at it more on the downside and you're like no he didn't escape this is just another fucking dream right like it's up to you to decide yeah. whether the movie is a happy ending or an unhappy ending yeah and like i actually don't mind when movies do that if they do it well like if they give you enough ammo like ammunition and like kind of thought-provoking things where you can have those discussions after the movie like with your with your group your friend group or whatever i think that that's totally awesome and i think when it's well done it's amazing right because how many how many times did you know friends debate about the ending of inception right you know oh tons i still have debates about it i feel like though from from what you've told me though like the inception ending where it's kind of like well what do you think is a little bit different than this situation like i feel like it kind of goes based on the plot of the film as to how you want to go about it with that like open-ended ending right i feel like in this situation with this type of movie it should have been more cut and dry for sure and that's that 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 ties it back because like at its core this is a movie about a guy struggling with this addiction so like there should there should be like you should probably have somewhat of a clear-cut ending right like i don't know if you ever watched um like a star is born with bradley cooper so like that i did so i actually really really like that movie yeah i love that movie um we'll talk about that in a second because i fucking love that movie but th- that had a very clear cut like his addiction path did not end well <laughs> yeah. right and then they made that cut and dry when he fucking hung himself in the garage well yeah and like in the inception case if you decide like no he didn't escape reality then you kind of give yourself a little hope that maybe they'll do another one where he has to actually escape like there is a positive to the negative ending whereas yeah. in this case by leaving it open ending like you just kind of are irritated where you're like well i want to know about his well-being like i don't want to have to guess and this isn't the type of movie that's going to need a sequel so yeah and i think the main reason why i feel that way is because i think going back to they told this kind of generic basketball story which is supposed to be kind of the backdrop of this core story of this guy battling with his addiction but i don't think they had enough time or they weren't able to spend enough time fleshing like his out enough like i think the first act does it very well but then it shifts gears like super abruptly to the point where you're like okay now we're the basketball thing um and like it like they didn't tie them together enough whereas if they would have i might have had different views on this ending Mm -hmm. yeah that's fair but like overall like totally decent movie like totally totally serviceable totally fine movie but um at, at at the end of the day like i was maybe expecting a little bit more but at the same time like it's it's a totally great ben affleck performance and it's a solid movie for what it is um but it's also nothing to like shout home about but yeah but his his yeah. performance is fantastic i will say that like he and i think that's part of it because he he has that problem in real life so i think yeah he, like able to tap into that um, more than someone that doesn't have that problem can. So yeah, yeah. going above beyond character acting because yeah. he actually lived it. Yeah, and like it's it's still a very recent problem for him. So like yeah, that totally makes sense. So his performance is is, is phenomenal. Like he plays the character well. Um, so if you just want to watch a great Ben Affleck um, acting performance, watch it because it's it's got a great one. Um, mm-hmm. It's just the movie is kind of like eh, it's all right. 
Yep, fair enough. Like I said, like it wasn't high on my to watch list and like it based on your opinion, like it sounds like it's a decent movie, but it's it didn't bump it up any slots in my queue, that's for sure. No, and like it like I don't know that I would recommend anyone bumping it up on the queue, but at the same time, if you were looking for something to watch one night and it happened to be at the like staring you at the face when you first turned Netflix on or something like that and saw it and you kind of went, eh, maybe I'll watch that. It's totally fine for that. But at the same time, I also wouldn't like if you have something else you want to watch, I wouldn't bump it above that. But if you're looking for something to watch and you don't have anything to watch and you go, hey, I'm way back. It's totally yep. worth a watch. And that might be uh, how I end up watching it. Cause I mean, there's lots of times where uh, my girlfriend and I will go to decide to watch a movie. And because I've seen so many and be, and she has very specific tastes, we can end up scrolling Amazon, Netflix and crave oh, yeah. for like 20 minutes a piece, just trying yeah. to find something. Right. Yeah. And you know, it's, it's probably the perfect movie for like a day night because it's not super long runtime. I think it's only like an hour 45 or an hour 50 um, so it's not super long um, and it's a totally serviceable movie that I think would probably suit that scenario well. Um, like it's just mm. like, hey, here we're having the date night, a couple of glasses of wine and, and something to eat. And here we're going to throw this Ben Affleck movie on. Yeah, and I think it's totally fine for that. Like and but at the same time, like if you have something like, oh, I've been I've been really wanting to watch this Charlie Theron old guard movie. You know, don't put it above that. But at the same time, if you need something to watch and you see it, man, check it out. Oh, fair enough. I'm surprised you uh, like the Star is Born because you're not a musical guy. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm not. And and honestly, it was uh, when my girlfriend came to visit me while I was on the island there, we decided to go see a movie and there wasn't a whole lot playing at the time, but it was out. And I was like, well, you know, I like Bradley Cooper and uh lady gaga makes some catchy songs but honestly it was her performance in i want to say it was season four or five of american horror story okay where i was like oh she's actually like a a good actress so maybe maybe i'll give this a a go if you haven't watched american horror story that's one of like the best shows on television i have not i've not seen any of it Oh, it's fan. Every season is its own unique season, but yeah, the yeah. actors and actresses like are Our recurring. Kind of yeah. Yeah. So they'll play different characters, but it all like super ties in. Like, I don't, I don't know what the end game for, for them is. I think they're going to do one more final season, but like there's tons of YouTube videos where they're like, okay, so this first season takes place here. And then like in a later season, they'll reference that location in some of those characters and they kind of pseudo tie in that way. Like the whole every season, despite being being different, is all one big universe, but it all takes place at different periods throughout time and history. And it's it's phenomenal. And this last season they did was American Horror Story 1984. And they did it in the vein of like an old 80s slasher season where like it took place at a at a at a camp. By a lake. Oh fuck yeah! I'm totally and it was, those stories. And it was phenomenal. It was huh. like the first season, in my opinion, was still the best one because it has oh, Scott McDermott. Is that his name? That sounds right. I, I want to say that's who it was. I can't remember. He's he's a he's a pretty uh, pretty famous guy. But that was that was season one, and it was Murder House. Oh yeah, yeah, right. F- it was a phenomenal series. Yeah, I've always heard that um, 
but I'm not like I'm not a hor- like I'm not a huge horror guy. So I like anytime there's something horror, like I never go out of my way to watch it unless I hear like awesome things. But now that you're kind of singing this praise, I know the cast Dylan McDermott. Yeah, that's it. Um, I might check it out, especially if they're doing a weird thing where it's like, hey, every story is different, but we're going to somehow tie all this shit back together in some weird fucking rad way at the end of it. Yeah, I'm kind of all right with that. So they just did season nine was. the Oh, shit. I didn't know it was. that. Yeah. It's been going, but they, they've got so many like their their time periods and stuff they pick are just so amazing. Like this one was really good and not. And the season before was kind of like um, had to do with like people living in a bunker and the Antichrist. And it was after like Armageddon essentially happened. Oh, and then like that was a really good season. And the season before that was they had a dude who was like they did him in the same van vein as uh, Charles Manson. Where he was oh, like this charismatic yeah. guy and he basically starts a cult and then decides to like run for political office. All the while him and his followers are like murdering people and anyone who stands in his way. It's it it was a it, more on the political side than I would have liked, but it was still yeah phenomenal. But this last season they did was just unreal. It was so, so goddamn good. I've but anyway, question. so go ahead. Sorry, I have one question. Do you have to watch these seasons in any particular order? Or no. could you? Could I literally just grab a season because I like the tagline and go? I'm gonna watch this one. Yes, you literally could grab a season and watch it from the tagline. There may be minor instances where they reference a character or something else where you'll be like, I don't. Where you miss it because you haven't oh, watched. But you probably wouldn't realize you missed it. Yeah, you probably wouldn't. I think the only season where you would realize that is in season seven which was the r nope season eight season eight was the was the armageddon-esque one and they that one they are a little heavier on past references where they reference old characters old locations and stuff like that oh okay it's a it's a little more heavier on the reference side maybe it seems like it's just easier to just start at the beginning but you don't have to like if, if as far back as I can recall, season eight, like I, all the seasons make little shout backs, but they're not like anything that would if you missed the call out to a previous season or other characters and stuff like that, you'd like it's not going to ruin that season's storyline or story uh, arc okay. for you. Gotcha. But it's just kind of like, oh, that's like, oh, I know what they're talking about. Oh, yeah, they're going back to the murder house. Like in season eight, they go back to the murder house and they kind of explain a lot of the stuff that happened there. And murder house was the first season. So you learn a bunch in the first season of the murder house. But then all the way in season eight, the kids, the new group of characters in that new star story arc go back to murder house where you learn more information that you didn't know having watched the murder house season. Uh, okay. So they kind of like add little bits and pieces to the puzzle, but it, huh. it's not going to ruin the experience by any means, hmm. but eventually it all, cause it's all in the same universe. Eventually it's all going to fucking tie in when they get to the end or so I've read, but I don't know definitively. Huh? I'm kind of more curious to watch it just cause like, I didn't know that they were going to tie it all in together. So like now yeah. I was just like fascinated how they do that. And it it's it really is like there's some seasons are better than others, but like I'm not a big horror fan. Like I'm not the guy who's yeah. like can't wait to go see the new horror movie in theaters. It's not my thing. But yeah. I 
years ago got into it and watched a few and then kind of let a few pile up and then ended up burning through multiple seasons to like catch up to the new season and like it it's a climb and then there's a couple seasons where like personal opinion they kind of like dip where it's like hey well that was good but it wasn't as good as past but then like to me they're back on this like upward climb like the last couple of seasons have been phenomenal in my opinion but lady gaga is in one season where that season is centered around a hotel where if you die in that hotel your spirit and therefore you stay in this hotel forever oh yes yeah so Lady Gaga was in that season and that's where I first like really saw her as an actress and that's her acting and that was actually like phenomenal and that yeah. was another tying point as to why I was into the idea of going to see A Star Is Born. Yeah. Which I, I ended up thoroughly, like I thoroughly liked it and I really yeah. liked like uh, some of the performances that he did. Yeah. When I was watching the performances in the movie, I was like, like the first performance he does in that movie, I was like, that's fucking Coachella. Yeah. Yeah. They actually went there and did and, it. Yeah. And he actually went there and recorded a song at Coachella. Yeah. But it was just cool that I like was able to see some of that. And I was like, I, cause in the movie, they don't say he's performing at Coachella. They just say no. he's, you know, he's just there performing. But like as a music fan, yeah. as, like on top of being a television movie fan, I'm a big music fan. Yeah. So to see that and actually be like, Hey, that's Coachella. I've been yeah. there. I recognize that. I've been to that stage. Yeah. It was just like, a nice little cool like insider feeling i guess oh for sure and like uh something i really liked is he actually he actually sung all of his own stuff which like a lot of a lot of people in movies don't like um like the bohemian rhapsody one like i don't think he sings any of his stuff yeah i don't think i don't i don't think Miley ramick really has a voice for that kind no. of thing but and i don't I think uh, for the Elton John one, I think he sings some of it, but not all of it. I can't mm-hmm. remember. But I know for Star Wars Born, Bradley Cooper sung all of his stuff. And I was actually super impressed by that. And I remember like laughing because he was doing an interview one time and he was like, yeah, I never like, like I never really gave like singing all that much thought. And he was talking about like how hard it is and like how hard it was. And he like had no idea. And I just remember reading it and I was like, yeah, no shit, Bradley Cooper, like being, being an actual <laughs> like good singer songwriter is fucking hard. Um, because he was talking about like, yeah, I just didn't realize it was like that hard. And it, I just remember reading that going like, yeah, no shit, Bradley Cooper. Like if it was that easy, everyone would be doing it. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. <laughs> exactly. That's no different than like some of like lots of, musicians and artists who are like oh well you know i'm a good rapper or singer so i'm gonna start acting and it's like "Mm, sorry to break it to you but you're not actually a good actor okay so uh, who's your favorite rapper turned actor now now that you've gone down that road we need we need to bring this full circle because there's a shit ton my favorite rapper turned actor i don't think i have a specific favorite there are some that i think actually do decent at it like I think 50 Cent actually surprisingly enough did a decent job. Yeah. In the in the few movies I've seen as well as he was in a couple um seasons of Power which was turned oh, okay. out to be one of my favorite shows right. and he did really good. And I like Ludacris didn't do bad. He did really good in Too Fast Too Furious which yeah. I think was like his first real foray into it yeah. and he does good in the, despite the fact that the latest Fast movies are dumpster fires as we discussed he still does good at acting in them yeah 
Yeah, I think you just find them like, yeah, it's like we said, like, I'm so on board with those movies, but they're fucking trash. And he, but he's perfectly fine in it. <laughs> yeah. And like, I don't know, was was Jed, was Jared Le- was Leto like, did he act and then form 30 Seconds to Mars or was he 30 Seconds to Mars and then dipped into acting? Like, which came first? Because I genuinely don't know. But he yeah, actually cr- he he crushes both of those. Yeah, that is true. I actually don't know what came first because I'm trying to think of like the first time I would have got into 30 Seconds to Mars and it would have been when I was in like fucking high school. So mm-hmm. I don't know what one came first because it was so long ago that I would have got into his music. And I want to say there was a few albums out when I got into it. So I actually don't know. Because yeah, one either. of the oh. first acting ones probably would have been Requiem for a Dream. Yeah, and I feel like that predates 30 Seconds to Mars. Yeah, and that's 2000. And did, but I, I don't think he would have done anything before that because that was him. That was a lot of their first like stuff because that was Marlon Wayne's first thing, I think, too. Oh, no, he did some stuff before. Oh, he did Fight Club before that, but he was super small in that. Yeah. So, so maybe it's one of those things where like he was trying to get into acting and in the meantime was filling yeah. the void with musicianry. So he wasn't really like. Yeah. you know popular and established in one and then switched maybe he kind of did both in separate streams yeah simultaneously kind of what it seems to be and then it kind of seems like kind of after requiem of a dream kind of like mid-2000s like when he did lord of war then he kind of started getting kind of some more stuff uh I, I know who it is now i know who my favorite musician turned out is, is creed bratton Okay. Okay. Fair enough. G- given that he doesn't have a whole, like he's not a m- focal character, but I like in the office, like he was amazing. Creed yeah. is like one of my favorite background characters. Of he's all amazing. Time. He has so and many I- great one-liners. My favorite is when it's a Halloween episode and he walks in and he's just like covered in blood and they're like, Oh wow. That's a great costume for Halloween Creed. <laughs> they show him in the camera after and he's like, Man, I am so fucking lucky it is Halloween. <laughs> and that's the only story you get about it ever is like he just has a line. He's like, man, I lucked out so much that it's Halloween. And then they just cut away and that's it. And you don't hear any more. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he's a he's a gold mine, that guy. I honestly can't think of any like other ones off. The, like I know a lot of guys who like who are actors that dabble in music, right? Like Jeff yeah. Bridges, Kevin Bacon, like I think yeah. even... Nick Cage did some like musical stuff for a while, but that sounds right. I can't think of any like hardcore musician who transitioned into like strictly acting that did phenomenal. I can think of like athletes like the rock, for example, right? Like that was a solid transition or even technically Denzel Washington's son there. Yeah. yeah. Before I realized that Denzel was his dad, right? Like he was a college football player and stuff like that. And he did really well, but I can't think one like that than... um, I really like, and I don't remember like another one that that he would have been super good in, but uh, Justin Timberlake for the Social Network. Mm, you know what? That would be one, and I am a fan of him. And actually, mm-hmm. prior to the Social Network, um, he did fucking amazing in. I know he he did some rom coms. I don't. No, El- that's not what Alpha Dogs. That's what I'm thinking oh, of. Oh shit! Yes, yes. Okay, I totally remember Alpha Dogs, and I totally remember that movie being like totally all right. 
I thoroughly enjoyed that movie. It was, yeah. It's even crazier that it's uh, like based on a true story. Well, it's yeah, it's yeah. And I, I guess if you want to get technical, Will Smith and Mark Wahlberg were both uh, yeah, musicians before they were actors. But uh, yeah. but they were more like they had yeah. little music careers, yeah. and then acting was really their yeah their main call, as yeah, opposed to like true. being well established and then turn to acting. Yeah, Will Smith. And but even it, yeah, but Will even Smith googling it, it's like Elvis Presley and Madonna, and it's like well, like they're not really. Like I wouldn't think of Madonna as like a go-to actress. No. David Bowie's on this list, but I mean, yeah. he did some movies, but he's not like an established actor. He's still David Bowie, the musician who did some movies, right? Yeah, yeah, that is true. So yeah, I would probably say the most mainstream of them who was a musician turned like good actor would probably legitimately be Justin Timberlake. I think so too. I'm trying to remember. What else has he been in? I don't think he's been there in There was that time of... one he did with Amanda Seyfried, which was actually decent. Oh, right. Uh, I remember that one. I don't know if I actually watched that one or not. The Friends with Benefits he did with Mila Kunis was actually pretty decent as well. Yes, I did watch that one. And I actually really liked him in... Um... Oh, man, why can't I think of the movie? It actually had a lot of amazing people in it, and they only did one part, and it was based on a comic book series. And Timberlake was in it, and I think The Rock... Yeah, The Rock was in it. Sean William Scott was in it. Kevin Smith was in it. What? Southland Tales. How have I never heard of this? Because they did it wrong. It was actually a really, like, it was a good movie, and it was very, like, a, it was a unique storyline. It was shot really well, but they did, like, I think Southland Tales was, like, a mini series of comics or a graphic novel or something, and they plucked out, like, the last portion of it. Like, they didn't do, or they did, they took pieces of each one, but didn't do, like, they didn't cover the whole thing. Just, like, very selective points, and it kind of made it a bit of a mess. No, I'm looking at his IMDb, and I'm not seeing that. Yeah, he was definitely in Southland Tales. Huh. I am positive of that because he plays a... Because it's set in the future in L.A. And he plays um, like a, a an army vet who sells like mind-altering fucking substances to people. And the scene turns into like a musical after he gets one of the dudes like high. And he starts singing, I, um, it's the killer's. I've got soul, but I'm not a soldier. Oh That's yeah, all. yeah. And he starts singing that. Right. He was def he was definitely in there. Yeah, Sarah Michelle Geller was in there. That's right. But he did um a baseball movie with Clint Eastwood. I wanna say I watched that one. This IMDB for it is all kinds of messed up. Like, if you look at the stars, it says Dwayne Johnson, Sarah Michelle Gellar, Sean William Scott, but then you scroll down and you look at the cast, and it just yeah. shows you first build only, and, like, none of those names are, like, oh, real big names. Oh. Like, yeah, you have to actually go, like, down a bit before fucking Sarah shows up, and Dwayne huh. Johnson, John Lovitz, that's right, he was in that movie, Mandy Moore. Oh shit, I like Mandy Moore. 
Amy Poehler. I forgot she was in there. Hmm. Yeah, there he is. Justin Timberlake. Private pilot. Abilene. Oh, maybe it's under his uncredited section. Or like his self or something section. Weird. Yeah, I don't know. If you've never seen Selfline Tales, you should watch it. It's a it's a trip. Written and directed by Richard Kelly. Huh. What the fuck? He's been nominated for an Oscar? What the hell was he nominated for? JT? Yeah. <laughs> Guess. <sighs> Trolls. Yeah. No, inside... Oh, really? Because yeah, I actually... That was just a random guess. I actually would have thought Inside Lou and Davis, but... No, it's totally Trolls. Can't stop the feeling. Wow. <laughs> that was a catchy song. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was. That's the era of his music that I really like. He's done quite a lot. Selfline Tales is old, though. Like, that was before... I'm pretty sure that was even before I graduated. Sounds right. But it was it was a good movie. Huh. Thoroughly enjoyed it. I actually it's one of the few movies that I actually own on Blu-ray. Oh really? Yeah. I don't remember the last thing I would have bought on a Blu-ray. It would it would have been someone would have given it to me as a gift. I don't think I've ever. Hmm. I don't know that I would have ever bought one. Fair enough. But... Well, that's about all I've got for what I've watched this week. Yeah, that's all I've got. I was kind of lacking a little bit, but you made up for it. Well, there's always there's always next week. This is true. I I you should I really want you to add Southland Tales to the top of your list cuz I really want to hear how you f- feel about that movie cuz like it's been a long time since I've watched it, but I remember ha- cuz I watched it a few times. Okay. And I'm like, adding I it- think it was I think it was a phenomenal movie and I wonder if it still holds up and if my feelings are the same and if maybe I was unique in my feelings of how great that that whole movie was. I'm adding it to my Plex movie list that I just like killed not too long ago and it is now like quite a bit long. <laughs> Southland Tales. Yeah. Okay. It's added. All right. I will add Perfect. it to my server at some point. When I watch it, I don't know. <laughs> Fair enough. But yeah, that's all I got. So, All right. Well, then I guess we will bid adieu and uh, reconvene next week. Roger. <laughs>